0: And thanks for joining us here for another edition of
1: Blunt Business, presented by the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo here on CannabisRadio.com. Today we speak about the legal, political, and financial obstacles surrounding cannabis companies and their access to banking solutions. So I'm here with a representative of R Street. It's a nonprofit public policy research organization that supports free markets, limited effective government, and responsible environmental stewardship. Amen headquartered in Washington, D.C., with five regional offices across the country. Here with me is R Street's Director of Finance, Insurance, and Trade Policy, Ray Lehman. Ray, thanks for joining us.
2: Well, thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. Really, like I said, uh, what you're supporting is absolutely why I'm 100% lockstep in with as well. So this will be a great mm-hmm. conversation. Now, our Street President Eli Lair he wrote an op-ed in the Daily Caller, and it's titled, quote, <laughs> It's time to let marijuana companies into the banking system. He wrote this. Right. quote: For this reason, even people who oppose legalization will work to fight it should simply accept reality and open the financial and banking system to cannabis-based businesses. Doing so makes sense and ought to be acceptable even to those who think marijuana should remain legal- illegal for recreational use, accordingly. Yeah. Bringing marijuana into the mainstream banking system simply makes good sense. The fact that something is harmful, and marijuana certainly can be, isn't a good reason to deny it access to the banking system. So, Ray, what does the support for this initiative scale out? Who supports Eli's claim and who does not?
2: Sure. There's uh, generally become agreement uh, among the major banking organizations like uh, the American Banking Association, uh, the Independent Community Bankers Association, uh, the Credit Union National Association, which represents credit unions, which is an alternative to banks, um, that they would like uh, to be able to to provide loans and depository services to this business. It's obviously a, a rapidly growing business. It's got a problem, uh, a notable problem, in not being able to access the banking system, um, because of federal laws, not just federal narcotics laws, but money laundering and, and, uh, you know, financial, uh, uh, tracking laws that, uh, make it difficult if for banks that do offer services, they don't know that they can use that, those deposits as collateral, uh, because they are, uh, potentially illegal under federal law. Um, they don't have, uh, they have to, comply with a, a lot of regulations even to uh, examine the sorts of companies who are coming to them needing banking services. Uh, and they'd like, you know, to have some some safe harbors, that if they are going to provide services to these businesses, yeah. they are not going to be liable under criminal statutes. Um, you know, that for the large companies who have, you know, billions of dollars in, in uh, deposits, they are, at this point, not willing to provide those services because the liability is just too huge.
1: There was a recent hearing by the U.S. House Committee on Financial Services, and uh, that's, uh, one, that's the one, for those of you who know Maxine Waters is the chairperson of that mm-hmm. uh, panel. They were exploring yes. access to banking services for legitimate cannabis-related businesses. A uh, bill proposed yeah. by Democrat Repo- uh, Representative Ed per- Perlmutter of Colorado named the Secure and Fair Enforcement, or the Safe Banking Act of 2019, would ensure that federal mm-hmm. banking and credit union regulators could not sanction regulated lenders or limit their access to deposit insurance on grounds that they provided service to legitimate cannabis businesses. So we've heard about the Safe Banking Act. We've talked about it here on the show. While nothing has yet passed, it did get past committee at this point as we record. Do you think it can still get voted on, approved, and signed? Would that be the, the answer for all of this?
2: It's possible. I mean, moving through committee is significant. Um, and I think... Uh, it is likely that it will get a vote on the House floor, and probably can pass the House of Representatives. Um, if it got to the White House, if it got to President Trump's desk, uh, it sounds like he would sign it. Yes. Uh, both, uh, both the Treasury Secretary and the Attorney General, the new Attorney General, Bill Barr, have expressed support for this kind of legislation. The real question is, can it get through the Senate? Um, it's very yeah. difficult to move anything through the Senate these days. Um, it's possible. Uh, I won't say it's likely, uh, but it's not. It's not out of the realm yet. Uh, there are Republican supporters uh, in the Senate, and you only need a few to get it to the floor. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll have to see on that.
1: You know, and part of that support you were talking about is the states act. I know it's also been. Uh, proposed I know that Bill Barr yeah. and the president have expressed support to it that yeah. tells you there obviously there was always a talk on the platform back in 2016 about if you know there was a good need for research or for for the states to get there decide on what they want to do with cannabis that's you know either which way is good and when it comes to bipartisanship you're absolutely right when it comes to whether it can make it into the into the Senate and what will be done with that because <laughs> The problem is now the 2020 election, the Democratic candidates yep. are definitely using cannabis as a platform. I saw there was a drug policy summit uh, in Washington that was going on today, and I was watching some of the live stream of that. You know, so yeah. the Republicans can push back on that. Those that are the, 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 the real, the rhino hard uh, establishment, the country club, if you will. Right. They'll, they'll push sure, back on it. It's unfortunate.
2: The the, the States Act, um, I would say, is is less likely than the SAFE Act, and okay. just to understand the difference between the two of them. The, Sa- the SAFE Act called the Safe Banking Act. That just deals with uh, depository institutions. It doesn't It doesn't legalize marijuana in any real sense. The, okay. the SAFE Act would defer to state law across the board, so not just dealing with financial services, but um, generally speaking that the federal government would uh, not – interfere in states where it's yes. legal for either med- medical or, or recreational purposes. Um, you know, and that also does have some bipartisan support. The co-sponsor of uh, of that bill in the Senate is Cory Gardner, a Republican from Colorado. Right. But as you were mentioning the election, it, it is important to note that the main sponsor of that bill was Warren. And that, and given that she is a, a serious candidate for president, I yes. don't know that uh, the Republicans are, are interested in giving her a victory as she decides to try to run,
1: which is stupid. I mean, I know Cory Booker also put a bill out, a reintroduce a bill yeah, that he had as yeah. well. I, you know, yeah. see, that's the part where I don't get the politicization of it. This is bipartisan, yeah. and I would think, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens, let this, let's get one of these bills passed, and not worry about this yeah. as a platform issue coming up in next year. It doesn't need to be there. I think something could get passed beforehand, but we can only hope. But at least Mm -hmm. this is all circulating. The talk is there. There's efforts out there to get this passed. We just have to wait and see mode. I would like to see it before the election cycle gets really into play myself. But uh, anyway, we're here with Ray Lehman of R Street Institute here on Blunt Business. We're going to come back with some more questions for you, talk more about the baking industry and the issues related to cannabis-related businesses. we got a whole lot of education and uh, context to give to you coming up after the break. But first... We're going to educate you a lot when it comes to these factors when it comes to our, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's coming up August 3rd and 4th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. We will have sessions that will deal with uh, education, uh, finance, investments, accounting, 280 ADE. All those different areas will be addressed in our agenda, and we were working on the agenda as we speak. We'll have more information as it comes along here on the show. Please go ahead and join us August 3rd and 4th. You can register now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Back more with Ray Lehman here on Blunt Business in just a minute.
0: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis industry professionals. Want to gain some new leads?
1: Make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity ncia's new industry socials are coming soon to portland maine new jersey pittsburgh baltimore and miami sponsorship opportunities available register today
0: hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots (laughs) they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants check this out Expo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: My guest this week is Ray Lehman, who is with R Street Institute. He is Director of Finance, Insurance, and Trade Policy. So let me give some context when it comes to what the issues are uh, and the state of banking for the cannabis industry is today. So let me just go through a couple of paragraphs uh, real quick, Ray, just to give some context to yep. our listeners. Now, despite laws providing for the legal distribution of medicinal marijuana in 32 states and the criminalization of medic- recreational marijuana in 10 states, plus the District of Columbia, the Federal Control Substances Act, a myriad banking statutes and regulations, continue to make it difficult for banks and credit unions to provide financial services to those businesses that operate in accordance with state cannabis laws. According to the most recent data from the U.S. Treasury Department's Financial Crime Enforcement Network, there were... 375 banks, and 111 credit unions serving cannabis-related business accounts as of the fourth quarter of 2018. That's an important stat there, right? Are you surprised Uh at the amount of financial institutions at this point taking the risk to work with cannabis-related companies, and should cannabis-business owners take advantage of this while they can?
2: Sure. It's not necessarily surprising. Most are operating, uh, continuing to operate under... Uh, the guidance that they got from the Department of Justice back in 2013, mm-hmm. what's called the Cole memo, um, and that uh, essentially provided them some safe harbor to operate. Um, they felt um, that, the, the, that the government, the federal government, would not uh, interfere in their operations. It has fo- that memo has formally been re- rescinded. Uh, former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, It was one of the uh, one of the earlier things he did in his tenure was to rescind (laughs) that memo. Um, So they don't really have safe harbor anymore. What what they have to uh, bear in mind is if uh, the federal government were to change its opinion, uh, then on a dime, they would have to, you know, unwind their transactions. They, They could be ordered immediately to stop banking any of these customers to. Uh, expunge any of the deposits they've taken to to undo loans that they've given out, and that uh, would be really uh disruptive um, now three hundred seventy five banks and one hundred eleven credit unions um, sounds like a lot, but there's there's you know tens of thousands of financial institutions in the United states so right. uh right. out of out of say thirty thousand, which is a reasonable estimate of how many are out there, that's a pretty small number. They're mostly pretty small. Uh, institutions. Um, you know, some cases, the credit unions in particular, they may have been formed intentionally by credit unions or owned by their members. And so you could have a number of, of cannabis-related businesses who get together and start a credit union. Um, and I, I know that some of them uh, are, are of that nature. Um, the services that they provide are also uh, still pretty limited. They do provide depository services. They can't do uh, a lot of the more advanced transactions that uh, you might expect. They can't do securities. Um, you know, if a, co- a public if a company wanted to go public, uh, those markets are not available to them. Uh, insurance in many cases is not available to them. So there's a lot of things that uh, that market would still need. Um, but it is, you know, it is it does exist and it is growing. But it's growing less quickly than the cannabis business as a whole is
1: now from a story that was uh, published uh from r street on the r street website uh for weed maps yeah. cannabis might not be a cash-only business as banking gill gets a key vote uh want to mm-hmm. just take a couple quotes that are off of there you mentioned the Cole mm-hmm. memorandum which was rescinded by former attorney general sessions in january 2018 they mentioned this yeah. in their story quote because of this uncertainty Lenders who serve the market need to be prepared or to unwind their loans at any moment. And without the kind of permanent safe harbor the Safe Banking Act offers, many of the leaders include those with the kinds of robust compliancy processes need, to, need the services sector effectively remain on the sidelines. Barred from yeah. access to most traditional depository, we just mentioned before, as cash only, yeah. the need for traditional banking services in this emerging market is highlighted by a 2017 report from the Wharton Public Policy Initiative finding that fully half of all cannabis dispensaries, this is interesting, have been robbed yeah, or burglarized. Robbed. So now, right. right, the options for cannabis businesses to resort to find asset safety until this gets resolved, Does, do we need to just start investing more in safes? Or what is there to do? Yeah, right.
2: And then some, do, uh, some have looked at Bitcoin right, yeah. as, a, as an opportunity. Um, and I don't know that that's a great option either. Bitcoin no. is really mm-hmm. volatile. Um Or any of those digital currencies you know they you what you may think you have you know a hundred thousand dollars today and you may have five thousand dollars tomorrow because the value of of the uh the digital currency can swing really quickly, yeah. so that's not a great option either wow. um yeah. but yeah ca- operating as a cash business is is dangerous um oh. people who including banks <laughs> could tell you about that oh my <laughs> but, God. <laughs>
1: so, no it's horrible uh, to go through that but yeah this, right. how yes. i mean it's amazing how this business is taking off like it is, and this is still yes. am- I mean it's like the dark ages here. we're like uh it's like the 1920s yeah. here or something like that we're like uh sure. oh, great to pitch the time or something like that
2: so now there's right been- and, and go ahead. yeah just to to add and you know one of those things that's important to note you know the the smaller lenders and you know I commend them for for trying to work through this stuff but they don't many of them don't actually have on staff the kinds of people that you need uh, to comply with the law there. You have to file suspicious activity reports. You need to really know just because marijuana is legal in your jurisdiction doesn't mean your customers is actually following the law. Um, you need to know your customers. Well, you need to have compliance officers who are looking at what their business is and, and, and ensure that they are, You know, following every regulation that they need to, um, or else you're potentially on the hook, Um, and so you really need a a larger institution that has those kinds of resources. And the larger institutions thus far have not been interested in getting into this business.
1: So again, from the story from Weed Maps, they're making mention. I mean, there's even the fact of you know potential for criminal civil liability. You got money laundering that could still be an issue as well to bring deposits into traditional banking, and then. When lenders are even providing financial services to legal marijuana, compliance, like you said, appropriate to services, it's daunting and beyond what small lenders can manage. So now they're proposing we need federal law, quote, to provide guidance, clarity, and a permanent safe harbor for depositories who work with state-sanctioned cannabis businesses. So has anyone taken the initiative in Washington that you would know of from any of the – from your circles, I guess, with R Street? And are there any lobbying (laughs) efforts? Who's lobbying in Washington on the behalf – to get this fixed
2: there. Uh, I mean, the lending institutions, as I mentioned, you know, at the earlier part of the, of the segment, um, they are involved. They are engaged in that uh, before the house financial services committee voted on this the um, safe banking act, there was a hearing where, you know, three different lobbyists from the major uh, banking banking and credit union trade associations all testified uh, provide, you know, provided, um, Background on their experience with the business so far. What are the challenges that they oh. face, and the things that they need to to see change? So, you know, the, having the American Bankers Association uh, in favor of this is is definitely a plus. Damn. Um, Damn. If they were opposed, then it would have no shot. <laughs> but <Huh>. the <laughs> fact that they are interested uh, does does give it some uh, credibility as, as 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 a moving target. Uh, there are a lot of Members in, in both parties who who take what they say seriously, um, and and so yeah, there's there's definitely a besides the, the cannabis industry itself is also lobbied on this, yeah. um, and there are trade trade associations, of course, who have uh, been interested, but they they don't necessarily have the, the history and the connections that the banking industry does
1: totally so we're again here with our uh, ray Lehman of r street institute we're going to have some final questions and uh, we've kind of dropped the name the states act we're going to go ahead and detail that for you and uh, ask a question with uh ray here about that and uh, some other issues when it comes to banking institutions the smaller institutions working the implications they have to deal with with dealing with cannabis businesses we're going to talk all about that as we wrap things up here with ray Lehman here on blood business after this
0: Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com.
1: Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease.
0: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and, I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on Crap you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions for Ray Lehman of R Street Institute. We've talked about the States
1: Act. We've dropped that uh, bill uh, in our discussion here, Ray, and I really do appreciate you answering all my questions over the program. It's really great. So let's go ahead and give some context for our listeners about the Strengthening the Tenth Amendment Through Entrusting States Act, or the States, as it is abbreviated, Act of 2019. We mentioned earlier Cory Gardner, Republican of Colorado, Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts, and also 2020 presidential candidate in the Senate. Earl Blumenauer, Dave Joyce, and the House of Representatives have supported the bill as well. It's bipartisan, exempts individuals and businesses in compliance with state cannabis laws, sets a new federal guidelines for certain provisions from the Federal Controlled Substances Act. Legislation, therefore, allow would allow states to determine their own cannabis policies without fear of federal interference. That would be great. We've talked about AG. The White House are looking to indicate support if passed. Would this be an ultimate resolution would this be a better resolution than waiting for full federal adult legalization do you think
2: uh, i i agree we do support the the states act as well um the, this has been introduced in the past a couple of times it just uh was reintroduced in this session uh earlier this month back on yeah. april 4th um and it would solve a lot of issues i mean leave just in my area of financial services um you know insurance is not covered under the safe act um but there is definitely interest in insurance um in providing liability insurance property insurance workers compensation insurance to employees of cannabis firms um the every uh, every quarter the state insurance commissioners get together uh, it's called the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, the NAIC, um, and they have a task force related to cannabis insurance. And I can tell you, I'm a, I'm a regular attendee at those meetings. Mm-hmm. And the cannabis task force; uh, those those meetings are packed out the door, standing room only. Um, there's a lot of interest. Uh, companies are would like to, you know, see how they can get in uh, to providing insurance to uh, to cannabis firms. Legally, Uh, so the safe the the states act rather would would uh, provide an opportunity for insurance as well, not just banking. Um, And in addition to just across the board, it would defer to the states to to uh, treat marijuana as each state sees sees appropriate.
1: For me, this is—I mean, this is just my opinion. I think ultimately, this is when when you see how full. Adult use legalization was passed in Canada and legalized. I don't think that works for the United States. I think this kind of a policy would be the ultimate solution for the cannabis industry here in the states because of the fact that the states are doing quite a good job those that are already that already have medical or uh, adult use they're doing a lot of strenuous work to make sure regulations the compliance and testing and industry standards are very highly placed so there's a lot of work behind that plus. I think, well, listen, I mean, the government, when you look at what the post office looks like, the IRS, or the, or just how the Affordable Health Care Act was implemented, I, I just don't trust the government to take care of these issues. I think state and local can definitely handle the, the, the labor here with this. Plus, then, you know, yep. listen, you want to collect the taxes from it? By all means, but leave the infrastructure to the state, I think. That would be the best bet.
2: I agree. We think, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of issues are better managed at the state level. Um, among other things, because people in different parts of the country feel differently about subjects. You know, what, yeah. what people in California and what people in Alabama want to do, uh, is going to be different. Um, how they feel about different topics is going to change. And you have freedom as an American. Uh, we we still have open borders between the states. <laughs> if you don't, yes. if you don't like the law in the state you're in, you can go to another one.
1: I mean, that was the only thing that really will be the issue is just interstate commerce. Yeah. If the states sure. will work with together in lockstep and make state to state delivery of, of services and uh, goods and services for the cannabis industry, that will be the only thing that will be the real step. But I think that can also be figured out, and I think listen, mm-hmm. money will talk when it comes to that, as opposed to yeah. having to go through work. Through Washington, which just I just do not want to deal with myself. Now I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> now one more thing I want to just make a quote from is uh quote as more and more states move forward with legalization or decriminalizing the use of marijuana for medical and or recreational purposes. Even lenders that prefer to eschew doing business with cannabis-related firms can nonetheless find themselves liable under federal drug and money laundering statutes. So this is the threat they're gonna be taking for these institutions. So you know, how is it that, uh, financial institutions, whatever the size, they're still willing to take the gamble anyway.
2: Some do right. Uh, at this point, most don't, but some do. Um, and, uh, it's because they feel they have a handle on this business and that they, they know what the risks are and they know what their liability is. Um, and that they know their customers Yeah, and, uh, and more power to them. You know, I, I I think Absolutely. it's good that there are business that there are institutions that are already in the business. There would be many more uh, if we got legislation like the Safe Act or the States Act uh, providing the, the safe harbor that you know you really need to to be able to go into this in a big way.
1: Fantastic. So, Ray, I really do appreciate you taking time to join us. Now, uh, real quickly, go ahead and uh, talk to them about R Street Institute. Uh, the website good. is rstreet.org. So, give us some mm-hmm. more background about uh, what our street does and what you do for the cannabis sure. industry in general.
2: Sure. We're, uh, we're a, a, a nonprofit, uh, public policy think tank. We were founded in 2012. I was actually one of the co-founders. Um, the, our, our original staff uh, all previously were employees of a, of a group called the Heartland Institute based out of Chicago. And we, we broke off and started our own institution. Um, we're engaged in a lot of different policy areas, uh, I deal with mostly financial services and, and international trade. Uh, we also have a big tech program and mm-hmm. a national security program, a criminal justice program. Um, in some cases, there is overlap here. Uh, you know, our criminal justice program is very interested in sentencing reform. Uh, we have a, uh, a harm reduction program that deals with you know, things like uh, you know, curing, uh, the ho- addressing opiate addiction, um and you know safe, safe injection sites and things like that uh cannabis can play a role in that area as well um so uh we we are a, a general interest uh, think tank we uh produce research uh we meet with members of congress and state legislatures we write op-eds uh, we go on television sometimes or the radio uh and and talk about our uh, our positions, which, uh, you know, generally are, we are a free market group, but we, you know, try to be pragmatic. Um, we're, we're not uh, hardcore ideologues. We look at what is politically feasible uh, and try to come up with solutions that could actually uh, become law.
1: It's common sense. I mean, for me, yeah. you know, unfortunately the TV appearances, they, I don't know how many you might get, but <laughs> I also know that, the, you know, the cable TV outlets, they're, they're, they're not really yeah. – uh, Savvy at making sure to bring on somebody that's going to be able to confront and have a proper right. debate yeah. discourse. They want somebody that can basically just trounce down on any regular basis. And that, uh, for me, more than not, I wish more people that are offered those offers, please do not take those. I don't care if it gives you exposure or not. Yes. Don't take right. it. You're going. It's yeah. not going to benefit anybody. So, for me, this is uh, this is bipartisan. There's no. I don't think there's any real divisiveness on this issue. So when it comes to those and any political, you know, opinions you might have, cannabis should not be, I don't think there's any kind of a left-right deal to it at all. There shouldn't be. And look at the majority that people want. They are in support of this. It's there. And I think the education part on getting more of the medical side noticed, more research, more proof of what the benefits are of this plant, the flower, or whatever, however it's being consumed, it should be seen. And- you know, I'm, I'm, I feel much more hopeful than anything else that might get passed in Washington D.C. So, right, right, right. So again, Ray Thank Lehman, you. who is a director of finance, insurance, and Fine trade policy. And insurance
2: trade. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. Sorry, we just took a little pause. I was just trying to scroll up on the on my outline. Director of finance, okay. insurance, and trade policy for RStreet dot Street Institute. Thank you again for joining us here on Blunt Business today.
2: Thank you for
1: having me. My pleasure. And I hope we will continue to keep the conversation going. Obviously, if things change uh, in Washington, we get some some uh, progress in some of these bills, then I'd love to have you back on a future show.
2: Thank you. We'd love to do it. Awesome.
1: So, again, our sponsor for this wonderful event, which we will – I'm going to make sure, uh, you know, being working with uh, some of the speakers and some of the agenda here for the show, the programming – I want to get my input in for this USCC Expo coming up in Miami. I definitely want to have talk about all these government issues, banking, financial investment. I want this to be a a hot topic, hot buzz, hot button topic of conversation at our next USCCO. USCC uh, event in Miami, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo for 2019, coming to Miami August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Make sure to register now at usccxpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. We hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us here for Blood Business. You can download past episodes by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Speaker, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
3: Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot Me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.